Welcome to today's discussion, Cybersecurity Education, sponsored by American Military University. Now, here's your host, Scott Massioni. Welcome and thanks for joining us. My guest today is Dr. Ahmed Numan, Dean of the School of Science, Technology, Engineering, and Mathematics for American Military University. I'm your host, Scott Massioni. Ahmed, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Scott. Uh, I wanted to start off. You're a true Renaissance man. You, you do some radio. <laughs> you do some uh, cyber things. And so I wanted to hear a little bit about your career in the sciences and some of the time you spent in higher education. Sure. Well, my I'm, background is actually in engineering and electrical engineering. All my degrees are undergrad and grad are in engineering. And so I first started work in the engineering sector. And uh, my research was concerned with making um, what are called integrated optical devices. These are like microcircuits, but using light instead of electricity. You know, the chips you have in your phone and your computer and so forth are microelectronic chips. Well, the idea behind this was we can get some greater processing speed if we use uh, optical devices and miniaturize them. But you know, the field, it didn't advance as much uh, in the years that followed. But in the process, I was also making sensors using the similar kind of technology. So and my research uh, in the doctorate area was funded by a Minnesota company, actually. Mm -hmm. So when I was reaching the end of my degree program, they said, hey, you know, come work for us. So that's how I ended up in the great north. <laughs> great. And uh, so, so you, that's how you did some sciences, and now you've kind of moved on to higher education. And, yeah. And uh, how's that sort of uh, worked into your career? Well, the, so I worked for almost a decade in industry, but my heart was always in academia. And, you know, I, I tell myself now I wish I had gone directly into academics right. at that time. But anyway, it was good to have the industry experience. Uh, it's helped in many ways. But uh, because I continue to remain interested in uh, academics and working at a university, there's an opportunity to join the University of Minnesota. So I took that opportunity and worked there for a number of years. And this was a, a while back and online education was just starting. And it seemed to me that it was going to get much larger. Um, so I thought, well, instead of being laid across the train tracks, let me get onto the train. <laughs> right, right. And, uh, and, and so I joined uh, another university. It was uh, an engineering school um, that offered graduate degrees, master's degrees only in engineering. Um, and they'd been around for a while that started out using satellite systems, but with the advent of the internet, they shift over, shifted over to that. So I joined them and I led the programs in that area. And then it was a for-profit institution, educational institution. And then from there, opportunities arose to move on to other institutions. And so after working at a couple of other places, here I am at the American Public University System, heading up the, the college, which is called the School of Science, Technology, Engineering, and Mathematics. So not everyone had the uh, foresight that you did to either get on the train. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, I think today, you know, the workforce has a lot of skill gaps when it comes to cybersecurity. That's something that you, uh, that is within your expertise wheelhouse there. Um, what do you think is fueling that? And um, how might we be able to kind of get over that gap of cybersecurity issues? Yeah, so that's a good question, Scott. The thing is, um, cybersecurity percolates into everything. So if anybody who uses the internet, and even if they don't choose the internet, they're affected by cybersecurity concerns. So it knows uh, basically for the general public who are not going to go on and become experts in the area, what they need to know is that their information, uh, personal information about them, uh, you know, the name, social security number, uh, driver's license number, you know, their banking information, so on and so forth. There's a lot of information about them 
that goes back and forth over the wires and that's stored in different kinds of databases. And so the idea is that can they take steps to make sure that that information is secured? Um, so when they have a, let's say, an email account, you know, have they selected a password, which is not one, two, three, uh, or yeah, something like, I mean, and people do do it. It's yeah. the, the uh, many, many, many instances uh, of things like that. So somebody can hack into the account, they can look at their um, uh, emails going back and forth, they can extract uh, uh, information about their account numbers, about their tax return, so on and so forth. But also hackers, people who, uh, specialize in penetrating into computer systems uh, and this and well I'll come back to this but they can they can break into banks and and uh, other institutions where you where your data is stored and steal that so in that sense there are some things that can be done by the public at large as I mentioned just having passwords um, that are not easy to guess um, not leaving their computers open in a public place where somebody else can log in they're very simple things like that so and then from let me say also that the metaphor that's often used in the cyberspace is that of war. It's probably better to think of it as relating to infectious diseases. Right. Uh, because, you know, you can, if you're not careful about hygiene, you, you know, you can you know, pick up colds and various, uh, you know, other kinds of diseases like that. In the same sense, you have to practice cyber hygiene and, and be careful about, you know, what information you leave lying around, so to speak or um, being careful about protecting the accounts where those inf that information is stored. I think the saying goes is, uh, you know, you can have the most secure cyber network in the world, but if you have one person that is lazy, that's then, right. right, that's that's the that's access absolutely. point. Um, so, you know, you, you also work in STEM outside of uh, cybersecurity. I mean, obviously, that's, that's part of cybersecurity as well. Um, where are you seeing a lot of growth areas for, for those areas? I mean, as, as a defense reporter, I see a lot of it in, in the defense field. So, um, you know, where are you seeing these growth areas? Well, for cybersecurity, growth is everywhere. I mean, literally. It's, 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 a, it's a big area in defense and also in the private sector, uh, in government institutions, uh, and so forth. And the reason is, well, there are a variety of groups who want access to that information. And they can hack into databases or they can intercept traffic that is moving along the wires or wirelessly uh, and, and to try and extract information that is useful to them. And these actors range from, um, from state-level actors. And, and so it's important to know there. it's sometimes hard to tell the good guys from the bad guys. It depends on which state you're in. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, and, and what, what one is trying to accomplish. But, but they address areas typically concerned with national security and, and the attackers are trying to you know, get access to um, uh, defense information and related sort of, sorts of things. And, but then there also, there's also criminal activity. And that ranges from trying to conduct a financial heist, if you will. Uh, the banks get broken into. In fact, the National Bank of Bangladesh got broken into, and literally millions of dollars were siphoned off before they were able to clamp down on it. Clamp, mm. clamp down on it. So it's activity like that. Um, it may. It's also activity down at the individual or consumer level. For instance, a lot of ransomware, which is a situation where somebody hacks into your computer and locks it and says, "I will open it for you if you pay me money." That affects a lot of individuals, but it also affects smaller companies. So there's a range of threat actors and in a variety of ways to cope with them. 
and defend against them. So when you ask me about, you know, what are the, what is the, where is the growth? It's in a lot of different areas. Uh, I can, you know, tell you that if you're working, if you want to work for um, the National Security Agency, and by the way, our program is one that was designated as a center of academic excellence in cyber defense education. So the NSA hi hires very, very technical people. Um, they may also hire people with, uh, you know, who are more uh, policy or uh, manage management oriented. But if you want to be working in the core group, so in, at institutions like that, whether it's the NSA, whether it's the big defense contractors who work uh, with the government uh, to secure uh, the uh, information stores uh, and uh, information in infrastructure of the company, they have a variety of jobs. So they can range from the very technical jobs to the more policy-oriented and managerial type of jobs where the the person acts more in the role of an analyst or uh, somebody who audits the system to see whether the right kind of policies are in place, whether the right kind of procedures are being employed. So there's depending on one's interests and a level of preparation in, in mathematics and related areas, you can find many different paths to um, be becoming involved in the cybersecurity field. Yeah, more, more and more ubiquitous. Yeah. We're going to take a, a quick break. My guest today is Dr. Ahmed Newman, Dean of the School of Science, Technology, Engineering, and Mathematics for American Military University. I'm your moderator, Scott Massioni, on the discussion Cybersecurity Education, sponsored by American Military University on Federal News Radio 1500 AM and federalnewsradio.com. American Military University is proud to be a respected provider of education to our nation's security professionals. AMU offers affordable online bachelor's and master's programs for today's cyber warrior. AMU is at the forefront of cybersecurity education and has been recognized by the NSA as a national center of excellence for cyber defense education. Classes start monthly to fit your schedule. Visit amuonline.com to get started today. AMU is part of American Public University System, which is certified to operate by CHEV. Welcome back to our discussion, Cybersecurity Education, sponsored by American Military University on Federal News Radio 1500 AM and federalnewsradio.com. My guest today is Dr. Ahmed Newman, Dean of the School of Science, Technology, Engineering, and Mathematics for American Military University. I'm your moderator, Scott Massioni. And Ahmed, we were just talking about the NSA Cybersecurity Center of Excellence. Right. And um, how, would, how would someone get into that uh, sort of field and, and get into the, the center itself? Sure. First, the cyber this designation as the Center of Academic Excellence is a designa designation given to programs and institutions that meet certain requirements that have been defined by uh, the National Security Agency and the Department of Homeland Security. And these relate to what topics are covered within the program. Uh, and they have a, a slew of topics that they identify. And so the ability to demonstrate to them that those topics are covered, that students practice in that area, practice in that area, that they take part in competitions, cybersecurity competitions, and so forth. So, what is the level of activity of that institution in the cybersecurity field? And if it meets certain thresholds, then the then this institution gets that designation. And uh, our program has that designation. Should one get into cybersecurity? And how to do it? If those are the questions, is I mean that really depends on one's. Should one get into depends on one's level of interest. I think everyone should have a little bit of knowledge about cybersecurity because, as I mentioned to you, 
if, if anybody who has their data stored on the net or uses the internet for communications is exposed to certain hazards. And therefore, having awareness of basic cyber hygiene is for everybody. For, but for those who want to pursue a career in cybersecurity, there is a range of options available. And it ranges for people who are more on the, on the uh, policy or management side of cybersecurity, which involves conducting audits, which involves determining the requirements for a given organization as to what their cybersecurity needs are, uh, which involves uh, often leading teams in that in, in the in, in various areas of cybersecurity. There's that end of the spectrum. And the other end of the spectrum are people who are really into the details of how cybersecurity exploits are carried out. Mm -hmm. And they have to have detailed knowledge of networking, of programming, of how computers operate, where the vulner vulnerabilities are, and in, in uh, associated items. So depending on uh, an individual's interest, um, it covers a wide range. And the demand for these, especially within the government, I mean, we've seen just kind of explode lately. I mean, right. do you think it's it's the government kind of coming to the realization that cybersecurity is here to stay and, and we need to really get on top of this? Or is it, is the government kind of going along with the trend just as, as private industry is? Well, I, I mean, the, the, the needs are real. Right. right. And the level of threats has escalated sharply over the, the last decade or so. And that's why you're seeing a lot of activity where both the government, govern, the government wants to hire people. Private industry wants to hire people, and even in the in the in the in the military within their own uh, um, uh, units and uh, programs, there's a very strong demand for cybersecurity and uh, uh, people who are knowledgeable about cybersecurity. So all of these areas are growing because the because the extent and um, intensity of threats is growing. One thing to remember is that. In one sense, this is a tussle between you know people who want to break into systems and people who want to prevent that intrusion into systems. And it's sort of like an and I, I will have to use the war metaphor here. It's or it's like an arms race in that case. Or right. it, you can think of it as um, you know uh, adaptation via evolution to um, to a, a disease vector or something like that. So as long as somebody creates a foolproof system, you can be sure somebody knows or figures out how to beat it. So you, you can't have a totally secure system. That's why as systems are built and as then exploits, that is to say vulnerabilities within those systems are discovered, uh, people try to exploit those vulnerabilities for gain for their own gain. And so then the folks who set up the systems have to do something else. And, and so the interesting thing here is that the level uh, of knowledge then required to work at the higher levels of cybersecurity keeps increasing. Right, yeah. Because the attackers get more sophisticated, so the defenders have to get more sophisticated. But uh, but in general, and also the other way, the, the thing that's been happening, as I mentioned, ransomware and things like that earlier, the threats and attacks are moving downwards as well, down to the individual level. And, and there are also some basic knowledge is required and then the uh, other 
the level of knowledge required is not as extreme as it would be if you're trying to protect the nation's secrets, so to speak, or, or, or the defense information. Well, we're going to take one more quick break. My guest today is Dr. Ahmed Nuzman. He's the dean of the School of Science, Technology, Engineering, and Mathematics for American Military University. I'm your moderator, Scott Massioni, on the discussion Cybersecurity Education, sponsored by American Military University on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM, and federalnewsradio.com. American Military University is proud to be a respected provider of education to our nation's security professionals. AMU offers affordable online bachelor's and master's programs for today's cyber warrior. AMU is at the forefront of cybersecurity education and has been recognized by the NSA as a national center of excellence for cyber defense education. Classes start monthly to fit your schedule. Visit amuonline.com to get started today. AMU is part of American Public University System, which is certified to operate by CHEV. Welcome back to our discussion, Cybersecurity Education, sponsored by American Military University on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM and federalnewsradio.com. My guest today is Dr. Ahmed Numan, Dean of School of Science, Technology, Engineering, and Mathematics for American Military University. I'm your moderator, Scott Massioni. And Ahmed, how is automation becoming part of cybersecurity? I mean, are we ever going to get to a day when maybe just the most basic cyber attacks are just taken care of by AI and then, you know, people are taking care of the more complex type of stuff? Correct. Actually, it's... That's already happening uh, to some extent today. Lots of companies are selling systems that monitor, for instance, network status. And when they deter- uh, detect a pattern of activity that seems like this is unusual, they will alert a human being. Now, in the future, we can see they may, they may alert another program, right, which can then uh, take countermeasures. Um, so it, that sort of... Um, Evolution and product design and deployment will continue to happen. At the most complex levels, um, it sometimes it's it's more than uh, just the the signal that's coming in that becomes important. For instance, if a, an organization detects that somebody is attacking them, it may make a difference in in terms of responding. It may make a difference if they figure out that this is a state level actor who's responding versus just some criminal gang trying to break into the system, right? Because one has diplomatic and international considerations, and the other one is is more of a police type uh, item. Right. So the I don't believe that today the AI today these systems that monitor things automatically and respond are can distinguish between that those types of um, uh, motivations. And actually, even it's hard even for people to do because attribution of attacks is a, is a difficult area. You know, who actually conducted the attack, let alone trying to figure out why they did it, though sometimes that may become obvious. So people will continue to remain involved. But routine stuff, like a lot of the, the things, for instance, I'm sure that your radio station has some level of automation where you know programs can be pre-recorded or late at night, it's just running off the pre-recorded programs. Points. I don't know if you do that, just, to, just to, not to confuse the public. But the point is, many systems can get automated. Like building security systems, for instance, the one that I am in, there's not no guard there at night, but the system is armed. And if there's an intrusion, it detects it and it alerts the people who are supposed to, uh, are security people. So there's a level of automation. Before that automation, somebody would have to be sitting there. So in the same sense, in, uh, um, in the cybersecurity area, as we 
learn more about the type of threats, as we learn more about how to build tools to counter those threats, automation will come in. And the, and the reason for bringing in automation are twofold. There may not be enough qualified people. That's one possibility. Uh, the second is they may cost too much because right. that's the other reason. Automation yeah. is often brought in because the, the cost of production goes down then for the companies that, that is bringing in the automation. Unless somebody, and I, I just want to add, and the reason they want to bring down the cost is because then they want to to sell to the consumer at lower cost. So it, it, this, is a, this is a loop where everything is connected to everything else. And it's not that automation is you know, trying to replace people, but that it's increasing the efficiency of the system um, and um, providing more opportunity. Does it, relate, relate, uh, does it result in job dis displacement? Yeah, it does. Uh, but new types of job comes up. And I think on the most basic uh, sense of this, we've seen a lot of uh, AI kind of help us out. I mean, when it comes to the junk folders in your email, even, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, I right. remember Hotmail back in the day, you know, you yeah. would get a million emails. Now it's it's pretty sorted through pretty well. Right. You know, so protecting against spam. And as you may have noticed on some of the email systems, it's like you or even on the phone calls that you get is if you're busy on another phone call or if you have an email with something, the system will prompt you with some phrases to say, I'll get right back to you or got it or I'll see you tomorrow or things like it's all built in. And it's the it's the automation that's detecting the pattern of information that's coming in an email, for instance, and suggesting a response for you. Right. Or recognizing that you're on the phone with somebody else and, and just, you know, suggesting that you just hit a button and say, well, I'll get back to you. Things like that. They give you a choice. So that's, that's automation. Yeah. That's, and, 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 it's, and, and it requires some level of sophistication to parse the information that's coming in to try and figure out what kind of reply or sets of replies can be given. And that's where the AI aspect comes in. So we've talked a lot about the risks uh, mm -hmm. and how to hedge those risks. Mm -hmm. What are the the threats and the next threats coming into the 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 cyber world, and what should we kind of keep our eye on in these next ten, twenty years or so? Well, um, again, as I pointed out, there are different spheres of activity, so to speak. Right. Um, there um, there are state level threats, um, which may be conducted by known state actors and uh, or actors that are known to be supported by the state, even though there's not a, a, an acknowledged or recognized affiliation. Uh, and these are often uh, targeted towards the uh, defense infrastructure. And as you may have noticed over the, the last many, many months, interfering in the political processes of another country. Sure, yeah. Uh, so that's very much there. It may also be used to conduct industrial espionage. For instance, it's it's an allegation against uh, against the many Chinese firms, and that they conduct cyber operations against um, American companies, others as well, but against American companies in order to seal trade secrets or proprietary designs and so forth, and that they are tacitly uh, uh, um, uh, approved by the Chinese government. But these are allegations, right? And and so again, right. as I, when I attribution is a very um, uh, difficult um, area to be able to say with a high degree of certainty that so-and-so did this particular thing. And, 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 and that's why you have, uh, and again, and uh, referring to the examples of the past few months where you, the intelligence agencies are very cautious 
in making attributions. They kept working at it and kept working at it. And eventually they were, had a sufficient level of confidence to be able to make certain attributions. Dr. Ahmed Numan is the Dean for the School of Science, Technology, Engineering and Mathematics for American Military University. I'm your moderator, Scott Massioni, and you're listening to Federal News Radio 1500 AM. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsradio.com and search AMU. Listen to the entire discussion of cybersecurity education sponsored by American Military University at federalnewsradio.com.